The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome. There is so much going on in the world today that can often seem confusing, and we often don't know where to turn. Yet there are voices that are on the planet, wisdom that has always existed and comes through many different individuals here to help guide the way. Some of those voices come through as soft and subtle. Others come through in ways that are just very in your face and tell it like it is while also being quite humorous and in the state of the universe, which is always that sense of humor. My guest today is Veronica Torres, and she is the channel for a group of angels called Elohim. And I'm delighted to have her on because she has been doing this for quite a while and has written a number of books that we are going to talk about uh, from the information that she brings through. And in the second two segments, we're actually going to have Elohim channel and bring forth the information that is to be shared. Today, I want to let you know about her book, Discovering You, an Elohim and the Council book channeled by Veronica Torres. She knew that she was going to be bringing forth some powerful information, and in this particular book, it is a dialogue that is going back and forth between an individual named Kay and some of the different issues that she has come across through her life that she wants to move through. The beauty of this book is they tap into the issues that we all face, that human beings have to approach and overcome as we move through our own evolution and step into our own light and purpose on the planet. Veronica is with me today, right now, and I want to welcome you to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's wonderful to meet you and to be able to be here with your community. Well, it's delightful to have you here, and you have written so many books. You have brought forth so much information already through through the work of Elohim, and discovering you really helps people understand if they're drained from doing too much, if they're trying to answer those questions of what am I here to do, do I feel trapped and confused about life. Why are these particular inquiries so common to so many people, and what is the purpose for Elohim really bringing this to the forefront right now? You know, I think because we have a survival instinct, Right. Humans have a survival instinct. And it's really great when a ball rolls in front of your car or you step off a curb and don't see the bus coming and you need to deal with that really, really fast. And, and so the survival instinct is a wonderful, wonderful aspect of us. But it's also sometimes a problem because when you want to grow and change and try new things and ask someone out on a date and look for a new job or move your house, the survival instinct tends to give you the message that says, 
don't do anything that hasn't killed you yet. Don't try that new thing. Don't think those new thoughts. Don't branch out. Be small, be small, be small, because small has been safe. Right? Survival, survival instinct is always looking for ways to keep you alive. So it wants to repeat patterns that haven't, as Elohim says, got you dead. And I think what happens is that as humans, a lot of us want to grow and change. And so we always have this push-pull within us. I want to get bigger, oh, but I should probably stay small because it's safer. I want to get bigger, oh, but that uncertainty scares me. I better, I better not. And that push-pull within us creates very typical patterns that I think the Discovering You book really addresses. When I read through the book, one thing that was very clear was the voice that comes through is very bold. It's very in your face. It kind of tells it like it is. It's often quite funny. Um, and, and it doesn't really um, let people kind of get away with stuff. Oftentimes there are channels and so many come across just as the real light and love and um, sometimes the very fluffy, airy, fairy type. But this is almost like having people with you right in a room that are just going to call you on your stuff. Talk yeah. about the difference between that and, and other channeling. I, you know, I'm really wanting to express admiration for the way you stated that. Because I think you've really hit the nail on the head, the difference between what we do and what I hear about other channels doing. And it's a different style. You know, it really is a different style. Elohim is all about what is in your lap. That's what they talk about. They said, look, while you're here doing the human thing, do the things that you have the access to as a human. They don't want to talk about the galactic federation and the hierarchy of angels and all that stuff. They're like, look, all that stuff is available to you when you're not in the body. But the things that are available to you now that you have a body, don't miss out on. So they're very focused on that. And that's why people will tell me Elohim is so down to earth, which always cracks me up because they don't have a body, but they're so down to earth. I, I love that. And what happens in that case is they're always just like, here's the time, seize the day, now's the moment, let's break that pattern, let's help you live your potential, come on, let's do it now. Almost like a coach, you know, like, like one of these really great sports coaches that knows how to push you the right amount so that you get what you're looking for. And um, it's, it isn't like a lot of other channeling. It is different, and, but the actionable change your life right now during this call possibility is there. And not change your life for an hour, but change your life for the rest of your life. They, they get deep in things, and then they change on a deep level so that it moves through your life. You know, people often talk about wake-up calls and how they have to wait for that wake-up call or it's time to wake up. And mm -hmm. the, the way that it felt in going through the book Discovering You, How to Know Yourself and Live Your Truth, was that they really were at a place of, let me pour a bucket of water on you right now because you're not getting it. And, and I think that there's so many people that oftentimes want to live in denial, even many light workers that want to stay in this one space of very love and light and not understand that there is a shadow and a darkness and a place that we have to face and literally bridge together. And I found that 
to be true in many of the, the writings. It was kind of like really helping people to address the way that they behave so that they can move forward through some of the different tools that were discussed, even the, the simple tools like the step-by-step or, mm-hmm. or the, the mountain, understanding the moment, those mm-hmm. kinds of tools which are very practical, but they require you to really have a self-awareness of where you are first so that you can then move. Yeah, this work is very participatory. You know, it's not like it, they don't just dispense wisdom and then off you go. They're unfolding a grand teaching of how we actually live the full potential of the human form, not simply live until we die and try to cope and feel good and love and light and bunnies and rainbows our way through, but actually to evolve while we're in this current human form. They call it empowered evolution. To reach the full potential of what we have to offer on this planet, we only scratch the surface. That last night they were telling me that the way they see us sometimes, and, and because your listeners may not be familiar with Elohim, this is a loving statement. This isn't them insulting or, or, or putting us down in any way. They're, they're saying, you know, they have so much admiration for us. And, and they are very funny, so they're very visual, and they come up with crazy stuff like this. They said, you know, when we say live the full potential of being human, what we see is that you're at Disneyland, and at Disneyland, there's a big train that goes around the outside of the park. It's in the park, but it goes around the edge, I should say, not the outside, the edge of the park. And they said, it's like you're riding the train at Disneyland, and you never get off the train. So you're looking at all these things and going, oh, it might be interesting to go over there, but you stay on the train. And even sometimes you stay on the train with your eyes closed. So we want you to get off the train, and we want to support you in doing that in a way that feels non-triggering and as a fascinating exploration rather than as a fear-based, you know, scuttling around from little dark corners to dark corners trying to hide from the uncertainty you face when you try something new. So the Elohim is, is actually the seven Elohim, are the mighty beings of love and light who respond to the invitation of the sun of this system and offer to help manifest the divine idea for this system, created in the minds and hearts of our beloved Helios and Vesta, God and goddess of our physical sun itself. Through ages of time, the Elohim have learned how to successfully use their creative powers of thought, feeling, spoken word, and action as God intended them to be used from the beginning and in cooperative endeavor, the Elohim drew forth our entire system in perfect manifestation of which system the earth is just one small planet. This is from your website, Elohim.com. I'm going to spell that so that everyone gets the correct website, E-L-O-H-E-I-M.com. Talk a little bit about, because you have numerous books, uh, by Elohim and the Council. You have the Choice for Consciousness. You have Money and Mysteries, the Choice for Consciousness, Tools for Conscious Living, Volume 1, Volume 2, the Birth of the Council, several volumes. Talk about the distinction between Elohim and this Council. Okay, so the quote you just gave is actually from another book. That's not from my work. It's a description that I found in another book. I just want to clarify that just in case. I don't want anybody thinking I'm stealing someone else's work. But the Elohim that we're talking about today that I'm going to channel later was the first energy that I started channeling. And they had taught with us for some time. And after they had taught with us for some time, 
they told me, look, you know, we're going to have other energies come in. You're going to start channeling other energies. And I wasn't interested at all. I said, no, I don't want to do that. It feels like a lot of work. It feels a little scary. You know, that whole thing we just talked about. Change is scary sometimes, most of the time. But as it turned out, we ended up bringing in over the course of a year, and that's the Birth of the Council series documents this process. Of Over the course of 56 meetings, I started channeling six more energies. And they're all extremely different, and they all have different viewpoints, and they all help round out the teachings. So Elohim said, look, we're teaching you everything we know how to teach you, but we're not the expert on everything, so we're going to bring in, in essence, other professors, like at at college. You know, you go and you you want economics, you go to the economics professor. So they brought in these other energies to round out the teachings and to take them deeper. And it, has, it was an extraordinary time of my life because I would come into our regularly scheduled meetings, of which we have four a month. I'd sit down, and all of a sudden it'd be like, oh, we have a visitor tonight, and I would start channeling a completely unfamiliar energy, which is not the easiest thing I've ever done. And that went on for a year. But I don't... I mean, when I look back now, I can't imagine not having all of them here. I suppose it must be what it feels like when people have kids, you know, or you get a new pet. You're like, how could I have ever lived without you here in my house? But Mm -hmm. it was a a very intense thing. And and if listeners are interested in that, The Birth of the Council is a series of seven books that documents that time. So I want to get to the book Discovering You. And one of the pieces that was really powerful in there was right in the very beginning, because I think that that is a place that so many find themselves, particularly women, and that is that give, give, give place to be connected to the world versus emanating to the world. And we're in a time where people really do want to have their purpose and they really do want to share light and they want to express their most powerful self, but it is confused by that codependent manner of the more I give means the more degree of light that I shine. Can you talk a little bit about that from the perspective of what you gained from Elohim and also the perspective of Veronica Torres living, being, knowing her emanation as the, the work and the channel of Elohim? Yeah, what a great question. It, I think that especially light workers and especially women are really under the impression that service mentality is a very positive thing being of service, you know. And the problem with unhealthy service mentality is that you empty your tank in an effort to try to fill up the tanks of others. And then you have nothing left to give to yourself or anybody. So there's a really important balance that takes place as you heal your service mentality where you learn to say no when saying yes doesn't support you first. And also acknowledging that the, the way that we serve is not limited to our physical acts. It's, it's really empowered by our emanation. Now, emanation is that energetic that you offer the world, the way that you are present in yourself as you walk down the street. And that emanational gift actually goes around the whole planet. Whereas your service, your physical service, you know, making sandwiches or making phone calls, everybody can only do so much of that. 
but you can be really unlimited in your emanational effect on others. And that starts from being very centered in yourself, knowing the truth of the current version of you. Are you acting from the 8-year-old version of you, the 28-year-old version of you, the 38-year-old version of you? Are you acting from the current version of you? So many of us do so much work and we study and we learn and we go to classes and then you know, when we get triggered, we let the 14-year-old version of us handle the trigger. That's not helpful either. So there's really this sense, and, and this has been absolutely life-changing for me, because I'm a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser and, oh, God, what do they think kind of thing. And that used to just run me down so much. And now I know that the only way I can really be effective in this world is to be effective from the center of me, not from the actions of me. And then the actions will just enhance that emanational centeredness that I have. Last night, I was actually talking to Elohim about things of this nature, and and I was just dropping, literally visualizing, dropping my attention and my focus into the marrow of my bones. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be that deep into my emanational stance. And I was, I was feeling this sense of if I, if I slip out of that center, I just suffer. So I need to be as deep into the center of me as possible, all the way to the marrow of my bones as my place to start from. Now, listeners might be saying, that's well and good, but I have three kids and a husband and a dog that's sick and a cat I can't find, and I can't be in my center in those moments. I get it. You know, I got a life too. I know what that's like as well. So... What you do is as you practice being in your center when you're not triggered, and Elohim's tools support you in that, then when you are triggered, you have more options for responding. And maybe sometimes you can't figure out how to be in your center in those moments, but you have a better chance of accessing your center in those moments if you practice in small ways. Don't wait for there to be a crisis to practice being in your center. There's a huge difference between giving and emanating. Emanating is knowing what your truth is and letting that shine out of you. Giving is trying to figure out what other people want and trying to figure out a way to offer it to them. All you're required to offer to the world is your truth experience, not looking around in other people's energy to see what it is they want and then trying to give it to them. This is from the book Discovering You. It is the channeling of Elohim by Veronica Torres. She is based in Sonoma, California, and she has channeled Elohim since 2002, both in public and private sessions. Her public channeling sessions are offered five times a month. These sessions are broadcast live on the Internet and archive for on-demand viewing. Veronica's career history is interesting and varied with work, including talk radio, rock and roll memorabilia store owner, network director of a holistic practitioner's group, producer of Wellbeing Expos, and a jewelry designer. You can find out more about Veronica Torres and all of the work and books of Elohim and the Council at Elohim.com. That's E-L-O-H-E-I-M.com. We'll be right back with Veronica Torres. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 
444, people all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Jeel Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. Nurturing the spiritual spelunker in all of us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we continue with my lovely guest, Veronica Torres, I do want to invite everyone to go and visit the new 1111 Magazine. It is out, and it is freely there for you to partake in. There is so much to allow yourself to grow with when you look at that magazine. And the focus this time is on anger and forgiveness and allowing ourselves to really face some places deep inside of us that might need to be unearthed and really brought to a place of both neutrality and forgiveness. There are amazing voices and individuals from around the world that you will get to be introduced to some of their work, their books, and their words and wisdom. And so definitely take a look. You can find out more at www.1111mag.com and you can find out more about my own work at that website as well. Right now we are with Veronica Torres who is out of California and she is the channel of Elohim since 2002 in both public and private sessions. I do urge you to go to her website when you have time Elohim.com and find out more about all of the different books that are channeled by Elohim and the Council, and particularly the book we are discussing today, which is Discovering You, and uh, tap into the monthly sessions broadcast live on the Internet and archived for on-demand viewing so that you can be a part of her beautiful community. We are going to invite Elohim in to channel for the next two segments and really go into some conversations and topics um, with their style and their genre. This group is more in your face. They're going to tell it like it is. They're here to bring another voice and perspective, probably one very timely and necessary with where we are in the world. And so I look forward to it. Veronica, how do we get started? Please do invite Elohim and the council in. 
Sure. Do you want me to get Elohim now? Yes, let's do. Let's go ahead and get started. Just one second. Hmm. Hello. Whoa. Hello. Whoa. It's a rainy morning. Hi. And where are you on this planet? Welcome, Elohim. I am in Charleston, South Carolina, in the southeast of the United States, and I'm very grateful to have you here and looking forward to diving into some inquiries that we can bring insight to the listeners of 1111 Talk Radio. That sounds perfect to us. Go right ahead. So I'd like to start off with a a part of the book in terms of um, emanation. And I, I would like to, for you to go into a little more dialogue about how we truly emanate our light, especially at a time where there appears to be so much darkness, so much fear, and so much um, control and conformity on the planet today. Okay, so we have an example for this called the red hat example that we like especially for explaining this. Now, here's the idea. You're walking down the street, Somebody's walking the other direction on the sidewalk across from you. That person's wearing a very cool red hat. And you say, wow, look how cool that red hat is. I don't have a red hat. I've never had a red hat. I really like that red hat. I think I'm going to go get myself a red hat. Where does a person buy a red hat? All of a sudden, you're thinking about red hats, right? The other person has no idea they had that impact on you. They're just walking along. In fact, they may be completely out of your view by this point, but you're still contemplating a red hat. That's a physical example of what happens when you emanate. As you walk down the street emanating your balance-centered current version of you self, knowing what your truth is, you don't have to tell each person you meet they're actually affected by that whether you do or you don't. Just like you saw that red hat and you were affected by it. And when you, when you refer to like the darkness on the planet and the heaviness and all that stuff, and we know there's a lot of that that people experience these days, part of the reason that you all experience that so much is not that there's more darkness on the planet now. In fact, there's far less, far, far less. You just hear about every single little thing that happens because you have Facebook. Now, the (laughs) Internet is an amazing tool and blessing because it lets you connect with people all over the world. But you also hear the news from all over the world. And you didn't used to do that. So you're at a very strong time of transition where you're aware of a lot more things going on and that gives you the opportunity to come into your center and hold that center more with even more awareness about what you might call negative or dark things. And because your emanation, which can be affected by the things you write and the emails you send and the videos you post, you have the opportunity to expand your emanation as well. But really, the main work you're doing is staying in the truth of you so that your emanation is always of what you might call the highest vibration. And that way, you're constantly, whether you're on stage in front of 100 people or just at the grocery store, you're offering an energetic alternative to habitual fear-based living. Because now let's imagine that red hat is you. You've got the red hat on. But instead of wearing a red hat, you're emanating, I know how to access my truth. I know how to stay centered. I know how to not overextend myself. I know how to see fear-based people 
acting out on Facebook and elsewhere and not have that throw me off my center. Okay, you know how to do that. As you're walking down the street emanating that, other people are feeling, they may not even know what they're feeling, but they're feeling, whoa, there's an alternative to this fear-based way that all these other people are experiencing and offering the world. I just felt it. Or you'll have people walk up to you and say, you know, you got something I don't have. You're different in some way. What do you know that I don't know? How is it that you're not freaking out right now? What do you do about your temptation to freak out that doesn't lead to freak out? All those sorts of questions. So when we are when we are in that place of really groundedness and we're also looking at, at the way that the world is, mm-hmm. you talked about connection, that we, we see more now than we ever have because of all of the Internet. So mm-hmm. we're so connected to everything else out in the world because it's so in our face, yet there appears to be more and more disconnection to the inner source, that inner grounding, that inner self. Where is the bridge between that outer connection and the inner connection that needs to take place? Choice. We say you are a chooser, right? We say you create your reality through how you choose to react to this experience, how you choose to react to this experience. So it's extremely easy to match energy with everybody else freaking out on Facebook about whatever there is to freak out about today. And, and, you know, we also like to talk about the fact that everybody's just fixing their fears. So you, everyone's got a fear, and they're trying their best to fix it in whatever way makes the most sense to them. Putting up fences, buying guns, stockpiling resources, hoarding money. You know, there's lots of ways people fix fears. Other people sometimes will pray or meditate or chant or get together with other friends. Right? Everyone's got their way of fixing fears, but everyone's doing it, fixing fears all the time. So really for us, it's all about making that choice to focus on a balance-centered experience. And we keep saying that over and over again, and we don't mean to be kind of sounding woo-woo, because for us that sounds a little woo-woo. Like, what does that exactly mean, Elohim? What it means is that knowing in each moment how you react is within your purview. It is within your choosing. Now, it may feel like you have an immediate habitual reaction to an experience. Yes, we understand. However, there is a choice in there. It's just a choice that you've not made so your muscle in that moment isn't very strong for it. You are choosing your reactions. And all of our teachings and all of our tools and all the books that Veronica has put together are all to help you know you're a chooser so that you are always choosing your reactions to each experience you're in. And so when something upsetting comes across your plate in whatever form, you don't immediately react with the fears and the angers and the frustrations and the I wish it was different and why did I create this and I'm a bad creator and I suck at life because I created this bad thing and all this stuff that we hear lightworkers do. Instead, you have a more actionable, a more empowered stance on all of the things that are occurring in your life, which also makes you an energetic leader for those that experience your emanation. It's very easy to match energy with others. You know, you walk into a room where everyone's laughing, chances are you're going to smile. You walk into the room where everyone's yelling, chances are you're going to want to yell. 
you want to become the energetic leader that other people want to match energy with. That's what we you help talk, you with. You talked about um, getting centered within one's being, and so many individuals are looking for a purpose in life, and oftentimes it does go to that place of fixing that you spoke of, trying to fix something else or becoming an activist around an issue. And yet that seems to have a difference than when you say getting on your heels or getting in your heels. Mm-hmm. What's the distinction between becoming an activist for something and getting in your heels around your truth? Great question. And, and here's the deal about that is do you want to be an activist that yells and screams and points and flails about? Or do you want to be an activist that is so centered and calm in what you know the truth to be that you, even your quiet present ha- presence has an impact on those around you? You're, you can go out and be an activist for a cause. Try not to be an activist for 150 causes. Overachieving light workers get a little wild when it comes to picking projects, and they don't stay on one very long. They jump around and they feel overly responsible. Pick one and see if you can make an actual difference is what we advise, or a couple. But it, we've seen this jumping around thing that, that leads you feeling unsatisfied. But no matter what you do, whether you're protesting, whether you're voting, whether you're buying groceries, or whether you're feeding your cat, you can do all of those things from a centered place. And, and you referenced one of our tools, which is stand on your heels. The idea that when you feel yourself triggered, when you feel, your, feel yourself pulled off your center, ask yourself, where are my heels? Feel them. Push them into the floor. Remind yourself of where you are in space because sometimes it can, you can get lost in your connection to your physical body. One of our favorite tools for this, I mean, if we only ever gave you one tool, which we've given dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of tools, But if we only ever had to use one, it would be what is true now. And the way you use the what is true now tool is that you ask yourself that question and you answer it five, six, seven times very fast. What is true now? Sitting down. What is true now? Wearing black pants. What is true now? We're on the radio show. What is true now? It's raining outside. Don't answer it with what is true now. I'm making an energetic effect on the planet. No. What is true now? I'm sitting on the couch. Right? Really basic in this exact moment, connected to your body. What this does is it interrupts the hamster wheel mind. You cannot be obsessively thinking when you're doing what is true now. It brings you into the moment because you're asking what's happening in this moment, and it connects you to your body because you're actually looking around at your physical self. And as you do that, it drops you into the moment, quiets everything, and gives you the chance to receive insight, ahas, new thoughts, new ideas about whatever's going on. Plus, you're not going to be reaching over what you've got in your lap to point fingers at other people and tell them they should be different. You're going to be connected to whatever your truth is. Now, some people don't like what they find when they have to be in their life, and they'd rather go mucking about in other people's businesses or getting involved in causes because they can feel a sense of real clarity about those other things that they are lacking in their own life. But we're telling you to be the most effective in this world. You want a clean house first, 
and then offer your, your centered emanation and your centered awareness to the rest of them. Veronica spoke about being in her bone marrow, to getting so deeply into herself that she was in the marrow of herself. Mm-hmm. If an individual were to get into that degree of themselves, how does perspective and response to the world change? <laughs> you really want to go there, don't you? All right, cool. <laughs> we love talking about this. So the reason that we had Veronica focusing on her bone marrow is because we are working right now in our ongoing teachings about the idea that it's all me, meaning that every single physical object that you encounter is actually your soul showing up for your exploration. So the soul is an infinite and immortal um, gig, right? Each of you has a soul, and each of you is infinite and immortal, and each of you only needs the smallest little smidgen of your soul to run the human form that you're currently in. So there's lots and lots and lots and lots of information that your soul has that it would love to share with you, but right now, most people don't try to access their soul's perspective or don't even know about it. So you're here doing the human thing, which is great because you're going out, you're collecting experiences, and when you leave this human form, you'll bring those collected experiences back and add to the wisdom and amazingness of your soul. Your soul doesn't know a lot about being you. You're the expert on being you. This is a collaborative experience, you and your soul collaborating to learn more. And some people's collaboration with their soul is very minuscule. Some people's collaboration with their soul is more. Everybody has room to have more collaboration with their soul. But don't think that means your soul takes over or that your soul has planned everything out or your soul's in charge. You have free will and you are in charge of the human form and it's your job to bring your expertise about the human form to the collaboration between you and your soul's infinite awareness. Cool, right? So what we're doing now is illuminating the fact that because it just takes a smidgen of your soul to run a human form, it takes almost nothing to be a chair, to be floor, to be couch, to be TV, to be exercise ball, whatever we can lay eyes on. It takes almost nothing. So why wouldn't your soul show up as all those things as well? Why would it just be a human? That, that's a small idea. It's everything. So as you sit on whatever you're sitting on right now, you're actually interacting with your soul. You're actually interacting with your soul. Your soul has shown up as this gift to say, look, I'll be a chair. And as I'm that chair, you are getting the opportunity to explore with me. So this notion only really works if you can be in the moment very deeply. And so we wanted Veronica to go as deep as being in her bone marrow so that she wouldn't slide out of the moment at all. Because when you slide out of the moment, you are definitely connecting with a previous version of you. Because all the things that are, all the, all the ideas of the past and the future are not the current version of you. We hope that makes sense. Because right? you're remembering something that happened before or you're projecting using the past to make up stories about what the future might be. You're not actually using this current moment. So as you hold into this moment extremely deeply as you go about your life. We call this monk in the marketplace. Not just monk in the cave, monk in the marketplace. Walking this centered, in the moment, unperturbed self, untriggered self through the world, doing your daily tasks. 
your relationship to everything you encounter can be reaching its full potential and expanding. And that is by knowing you're greeting your soul in every moment. But if you slip out of the moment, this is, not an, this is not easy to experience. It's not something that you can actually explore if you can't hold the moment. So the practice we're doing with Veronica now is helping her hold into the moment no matter what's happening. This moment my needs you more, I should is, say. My guest and you today don't is Elohim in the Council, channeled by Veronica Torres. Through the act of loving yourself, you give the gift of the truth of you to this world. The most powerful way you can be in this world is by loving yourself well and then living your life from that place. The question is, how do you do that? How do you love yourself when faced with overwhelming responsibilities, guilt, and feeling like the world is stacked against you? You love yourself well when you make the choice for consciousness. Consciousness changes the way you view yourself and the way you view your life. That is from one of the series of books, The Choice for Consciousness by Elohim and the Council, channeled by Veronica Torres. We are also speaking about her latest book, Discovering You, How to Know Yourself and Live Your Truth. We'll be right back with Veronica Torres. You can find out more at Elohim.com. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. You can find out more about my work at IamSimron.com. Definitely tap into Conversations with the Universe. 
which does talk about the signs, symbols, and synchronicities and how you are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are every piece and part of the world speaking back to you. Also, your journey to enlightenment and your journey to love. All of that is at IamSimran.com. My guest today is Veronica Torres, and she is the channel for Elohim and the Council. And you can find out more about all of the channel's events, the live events, the on-demand, as well as the many books that are available on their website, Elohim.com. That's E-L-O-H-E-I-M.com. And we have Elohim and the Council with us. We've been having a beautiful conversation, and I'd like to dive into the next piece, which has to do with the distinction between self-obsession and self-awareness in in relation to doing our own work. There are there's an opportunity for us to either become so focused on what's going in our world that it becomes our obsession, and the energy can kind of just keep swirling around and around in, a, in its own little tornado, or we can actually go into places of self-awareness where the energy has the opportunity to change. Talk about what you feel as the distinctions or the, the necessity for each of those things. That's interesting. We've never even considered it that way before because most of the people that we work with show up because they're ready to focus on their personal transformation. They're, re- they're sick of being stuck and they're ready to change, right? And that we have never seen turn into self-obsession. We've never seen that go into a place where it becomes ego-based because it's, it's too much of a requirement to keep looking at the places, looking at the parts of you that you've not wanted to look at before. So if, if anything, people have to sometimes commit and recommit to the journey rather than get so wrapped up in it that they can't escape it like a self-obsession would be. So it's an interesting idea. We've never thought of it before. Can spirituality in itself become a self-obsession? Can we get to a place where we're so busy trying to do our own work or trying to find what's, uh, what's the shadow, what's the negative, what's the dark, that we lose sight of the ability to create light? Hmm. What we see, we, we hope this will answer your question because this is the thing that we see that gets in people's way more than anything is we get what we call information gatherers. So folks always, we shouldn't say always, a number of folks, a large number of folks, will get into a pattern where they always imagine that the next book, the next talk, the next whatever is going to have the answer for them. And so they accumulate and accumulate and accumulate information, and they never integrate and they never process it deeply. And so they're always feeling like somebody else knows them better or somebody else has the answer. If I could just find the right YouTube video, when they themselves actually are an encyclopedia of ideas, an encyclopedia of teachings that they, they never quite dig into. It's a bit like when you're at a pond and you're skipping rocks across the surface of the pond. We see a lot of people, especially in this time of really unlimited information because of the Internet, that, that it's, oh, that call really helped me. And then, oh, but there's another call. And so they don't just dig in to where they are. And when they don't dig into where they are, 
their emanation really isn't impacted as deeply as it could be by what they're learning. And they're often off their center because they're looking outside of themselves for that ultimate authority. We're all about clarity. You know, that sense of, okay, I have clarity about what's going on right now for me, or I'm seeking clarity. And clarity is found when you're allowing yourself to quiet the mind enough to connect with your soul's perspective. Most often that's how it's found. That's how it's deepened. What happens when you do all that, though, is you have to face the idea that you're going to change, and you have to face the idea that change usually travels through a period of uncertainty. We teach that you need to abide in the discomfort of uncertainty, that I don't know place is extremely important and, and, and powerful. And if you're unwilling to abide in the discomfort of uncertainty long enough to integrate and let's see what bubbles up in you, and then integrate and change as you realize, I can let go of that belief. I can drop that habit. I can stop looking for the answers outside of myself all the time. I can get a, a serious question and go look for that question to be answered. That's different than wanting always to be over the next hill is another teacher that's got my answer for me. It's kind of funny coming from a teacher to say that, but honestly, we'd rather empower you to find that connection to your highest wisdom, which you know, we'd like to say is your soul's perspective. And then show up to us when you have a question that you're stuck on, sure, or you're ready to take a, a different path completely, but not this jump, 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 jump that never actually goes deep. So what we see when people do that is they end up emanating frustration or they end up emanating somebody else has got the answers, not me. And it's a disempowered state. And what we'd love to see people doing is saying, this really resonates with me. And stick with it for more than an hour. And if it stops resonating with you after a week or two, sure, drop it. But jump, jump, jump. We, we see that. We don't usually talk in terms of light and dark. But what we see that doing is taking otherwise very earnest and very sincere and very powerful light workers out of that power and into this place of skippity skip skip that we've we just don't find to be very helpful. And it sounds like that that is living at the mental plane only and we are very much in a time of the mind where we are to empower the mind but yet it it requires us dropping into feeling the feeling body and then from that body dropping into the physical body so that we really ground ourselves in our own truth. So many times we stay in that mental plane because we're so afraid of letting people down or living up to certain expectations or we get lost in other people's lives instead of our own. Can you answer how individuals or why individuals have the right to move from that place of obligation or conformity or living outside of themselves into really grounding within themselves and how that could truly be the change in the world that we need to see. Well, we have this tool called the candle in the wax, right? And, and you can imagine that if, you're, if you light a candle, that light goes a lot of places. It fills up a room and it transforms a room. A dark room with a candle in it, wow, you can see, you can read, you can do stuff. But if you start giving away chunks of that candle, giving away your wax is what we call it, pretty soon that candle has to be extinguished. So a lot of times people will justify, 
oh, what, it's my child. Oh, it's my husband. Oh, it's my wife. Oh, it's my job. And they give away their wax. They give more than they can sustain. And eventually that catches up with you. So there's this notion that you know, light workers shouldn't be selfish. Well, selfish is an interesting word. How about we say light workers should be self-centering? And you should know, is saying yes here going to give away my wax or not? And you get your wax back. We don't want to freak anybody out that's given out their wax because everybody gives out some wax. But you get your wax back by living consciously, by being a chooser like we talked about earlier, and by saying I need to take care of me first so they'll conti- I will continue to have me to offer. And I need to make sure that I don't give away so much that I'm gone. And you have an example of this in your regular life. You know, when you get on an airplane, what do they say? In a case of a loss of cabin pressure, secure your own mask before helping others. So if you imagine there's no air in the plane and you, you're out there serving everybody and you're putting masks on everybody and checking in on everybody and then you pass out. That's actually what happens. You know, a lot of light workers will be like, oh, I've been sick, I have fibromyalgia, I have chronic fatigue, I have this, I have this, I have that, I have this. And it's like, have you said no to anybody lately? <laughs> Another one of our tools is just say no first. It's great when people come and they're ready for this tool. Because they just say no. People will be like, would you like to? No. They don't even get to finish the sentence and you say no. Because when you say no first, then you create some breathing room for you to actually check in. Did, did I want to do that? Am I available to it? Now that I've said no, I can actually breathe a second. <sighs> what do I really feel? Oh, good. I'm so glad I said no. Or you know what? I could go for half that. Practice saying no. Practice owning the fact, I don't know. There's so much information out there that you don't know. You may as well own the fact that the amount you do know is so minuscule as to be considered nothing. So I don't know is an honest statement. See how empowering it is for someone to ask you something and just say, I don't know. And hold in that place of, I I don't have to know. Let's figure it out together. I'm not going to let my opinion of you be affected by whether or not I can recite facts that I can easily Google. I don't know. So much power in those simple statements. Another one that's our favorite, I'm tempted to. So somebody, somebody says something and you react with anger right away. Instead, just put the words I'm tempted to in front of it. I'm tempted to react with anger right now. It breaks the habitual response. It helps you use a different part of your brain, literally different neural pathways to process the moment. I'm tempted to I want to thank you, um, Elohim and the council for being with us and Veronica Torres. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of the show and I'm having to cut it short and there's so much to be shared. So I invite you to discover the book, Discovering You, in addition to all of the work by Veronica Torres, Elohim and the council. Find out more at the website, Elohim.com, E-L-O-H-E-I-M.com. Find out about their 2016 retreat in Sonoma and all of the Uh, live stream events or audio events you can tune into on a monthly basis. Asking yourself what is true now is a way of staying connected to the moment and your soul's insight about the moment. If what is true now is not answered by a sentence of, say, more than 10 words, it's your mind. An aha from the soul is going to be shorter than that. It doesn't need to be lengthy because it's not processed by the mind. It's an energetic truth expressed briefly in order to really sink in. If what is true now starts to have a lengthy explanation, 
suspect that the mind is encroaching on the soul's turf and ask the mind to shut up. This is from <laughs> Veronica Torres' book, Discovering You. I look forward to being with you next week as we discover Tim Link and Wagging Tails as he takes us into the world of animal communication. I am Simran. Until next week, in love, of love, with love, and ask love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.